Yo, if you thought the McCrispy was busting, hold up. Bacon and Ranch have entered the chat. Say hello to the Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's. Limited time only. Earners, what's up? Look, as an entrepreneur, the dream is to earn a living doing what you love. But let's face it, turning that dream into reality is no small feat. That's where Kajabi steps in, transforming challenges into opportunities. I've been there, juggling every aspect of my business, wishing for a simpler way to diversify revenue and grow my brand. Then Kajabi changed the game. It's an all-in-one platform that empowered me to not just build, but thrive. With Kajabi, creating online courses, membership sites, and more became not just possible, but easy. And the best part? I kept 100% of what I earned, thanks to Kajabi's no-commission policy. But Kajabi isn't just about tools. It's about building a profitable business with the support of robust analytics, easy payment options, and customizable templates, all without needing a huge team or audience. Join me and thousands of entrepreneurs making six or seven figures on Kajabi, regardless of your audience size. If you're ready to turn your passion into profit, Kajabi is your next step to success. So what are you waiting for? Build, grow, and keep what you earn with Kajabi. Start your journey today. And right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash earn. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash earn. Kajabi.com slash earn. And join the entrepreneurs and creators who've made over $6 billion. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Head over there now. Earners, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app, and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content. Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no ads, no data selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top rated financial personal app. And right now, get an extended 30 day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash leisure. That's M-O-N. A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash leisure for your extended 30-day free trial. I was running from the gear. I don't run from it no more. So I'm all right now, you know. Uh, 
But so I hear him in different ways. And so I always tell people, I can't tell you how you can hear him versus how I hear him. It's going to be different because everybody doesn't have the same gift that I have. However, I will tell you that thing that you think about that you can't shake, most time it's him trying to nudge you on something. Mm. Uh, and sometimes he speaks to you through other people. You know how you can have a thought about something? You ain't told nobody. And then somebody comes and say, you know what I was thinking? You know what you should do? And you'd be like, I've, I've been thinking about that. That's him saying, let me send it through somebody else because you wouldn't be able to handle it if he came down and said it. My graduates from my school being Forbes, backdrop. Backdrop. <laughs> a mic drop. Backdrop. Backdrop. All right, guys. Welcome back. EYL. We are in our second home, Los Angeles. And this is an episode that I was just telling my sister is extremely excited about. <laughs> so she actually told me about Tabitha Brown probably a year and a half, two years ago, something like that. Um, Come on, sis. I appreciate you. So, yeah. <laughs> it was time to actually, you know, get it done. I told her. She's like, I told you. Like, it's yeah, fi- yeah, finally. Yeah. It's, big, it's a big deal. Big deal. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, but... Can we just talk about how the room feels right now that you walked in it? Oh. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a level of joy that has... Southern hospitality. ...encompassed the room. So... I appreciate that. That's a fact. And the pink is very... This drip, yeah, we're not going to play around with the drip. (laughs) From the wash to the kicks... It's giving. You know. When, I'm not even sure what, what to call the fabric. It's just love. There's love. Love. Yeah. love. love. Everything is aligned here. Love. The love movement. The love. <laughs> so Tabitha Brown, I guess the best way to describe is an entrepreneur, a restaurateur, an author, huge on social media, health advocate, vegan, uh, a wife, a mother, inspiration. Mm. Anything I left out? Yo, you got them all, bro. Damn, that was good. I guess. I didn't even, I, I didn't even count. I'd just be like, it's <laughs> you know. So, so she checks out. fashion icon. Yes. So I that. We're going to put obviously. that on the list now. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Design. Okay. So she, she checks off a lot of boxes, and I feel like this conversation is going to be a multifaceted one. Very interesting from the health side to the business side to social media side to author to yeah. family life. It's, it's a lot of a lot of things yeah. happening here. And the journey is incredible. Mm. I think people, you know, may not know the journey, but a lot of character building goes inside that journey. A lot of who you become and the things you've learned help you later in the future and all the things you've been doing. So the, that that part is is super like you said, inspiring. It's super inspiring. Thank so yeah. first and foremost, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No, no problem. Appreciate so you. All right, so let's get into this. I know you're from North Carolina. Yes. Born and raised. Yeah. Small town. <laughs> Eden. Shout out to Eden. Shout out to everybody in Eden. Yeah. All five people. All, all seven of y'all. And the 13. We in there, though, ain't we? And the 20 of y'all in the city. We love all yes. y'all. We Shout just, out we to We just added Eden. the whole city of listeners. Yes. Very good. Um, but all right, so how does this journey start? I know, you know, you became a vegan. Mm-hmm. Because of health issues, you were also an actor, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you you go extremely viral on social media in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. That's that's a f- accomplishment within itself that I don't think I've ever heard anybody ever doing that. But all right, so where does it start as far as for you on your journey to where you are now? Does it start with the vegan 
or does it start with being an actress? And mm-hmm. like, how, how does it get to like this where we're at now? I mean, you can't get here without the beginning, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it started in you know, as a child, I always wanted to be an actor. I grew up watching the Cosby Show, and mm. that was my first introduction to acting uh, or really understanding what it meant. I saw myself in Rudy. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to be Rudy's friend. That's what I told my mom. She would say, oh, you want to be Rudy's friend? I was like, no, only in the TV. <laughs> and she was like, oh, that means you want to be an actor. And so I spent all my childhood trying to figure out, oh, how do I do this thing? Because, you know, I'm from Eden, so nobody was an actor. And so I started doing, uh, you know, plays in school. And I would tell any teacher, if there was a production, oh, I want to be an actor now that I know what this word means. Mm-hmm. So they would put me in plays and uh, church theater. I grew up in the church, so doing uh, church theater, community theater, anything I could to perform. Um, in high school, I started uh, making clothes. And so when it was time to go to college, my mom was like, you know, I know you want to be an actor, but we don't know anybody who's done that. And she wasn't trying to discourage me. She was, uh, I think, doing what she was used to doing, like, you know, creating a plan B to make sure I was all right. Mm-hmm. And so my great great aunt was our town seamstress. And so she was like, We do know somebody who makes clothes for a living. So you should go to school for fashion design. Then you can do that while you try to pursue your acting. And I thought that was like, okay, that's a good idea, I guess. And so I went to school to study fashion in Miami when I left uh Eden. And I was there for like the first semester and woke up one night. I was like, Yeah, this ain't it. I'm supposed to be acting. <laughs> and uh I called my daddy, I'm a daddy's girl, and my daddy worked real hard. And I said, hey, Daddy, you better come get me. I'm wasting your money. Uh, I'm supposed to be pursuing acting. And so I went back home to Eden now trying to figure out, like, okay, how do I get to this dream that I have? And uh, I applied to Columbia College in Chicago. Me and my mama went out there in the spring because that's how they get you. You're like, oh, nice. Chicago, ooh, this is nice. Um, <laughs> got accepted and uh, worked all summer to, like, you know, save money and stuff. I was working at American Express. And... Um, I, it was like two weeks before it was time to go to school and got a letter in the mail that said, hey, unfortunately, due to your financial aid that I had at the school in Miami, they couldn't approve my financial aid for Columbia. And I ain't had that much money that I had saved over the summer. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't get to go. And I was still stuck in Eden, like, now what do I do? And I remember my mom had knew somebody that lived in California, had told me, you know what, if you ever want to come to California, you can come and rent a room. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. I wonder if she'll still let me come out there. So I was like, I'm just going to go to California and try to pursue my dreams. I had no goal. I just had the dream. And so um, went out there. Now the lady, you know, she told me I could rent a room. She didn't tell me she was crazy. <laughs> she, didn't say, she didn't say that part. Those are the details. Yeah, yeah. She didn't. She, did, she left that part out. Minor, <laughs> minor omission. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so I was out there for, you know, a while. And my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, we talking, we in 98. And uh, he came out there because our goal was to, like, move there together. I was not in L.A. <laughs> I was w- way down in, like, uh, Laguna Niguel. Oh. Beautiful, but not Hollywood. And I was doing no acting. I was working two jobs trying to survive. And uh, my husband came out there, and he was like, this is crazy. You, we need to move back to North Carolina <laughs> uh, and save up money for a year, then move back to L.A. so you mm. can really pursue your dream. And I was like, all right, I guess that's a good idea. Move back. Um to North Carolina, and it was supposed to be a one-year plan, and the one year turned into five years, a baby, and, you know, we got married, and uh, jobs, responsibilities, and a forgotten dream. I convinced myself that I could not have this, because 
You know, I'm from a small town. Mm-hmm. You get a baby early, that's it. Uh, you get a job and you get a house and you live happily ever after. That's kind of like the mentality. Uh, and so I was pretty content. I was working at UPS. I was a manager at a call center. And so um, one day God woke me up out of my sleep and it felt like an earthquake had happened in Greensboro. And I heard a voice that said, this is not the life I planned for you. And I was like, okay, Lord, if this is you speaking to me, I'm going to need you to show me a sign today. Uh, and I told my husband what happened. I think he thought I was crazy. Mm. I was like, I'm telling you, I heard this voice. It sounded like thunder. And so later that day, I was on my way to the mall with my husband and my daughter. And on the radio, uh, Buster Brown, who was our, you know, the DJ in the city, he came on and was like, hey, I'm holding auditions. I got a new TV show. I'm looking for a female co-host. And I almost like bust the windows out the car. I was mm. like, that's the sign I prayed for. So I went to that audition and I booked it. It was my first audition for television, booked it. And that's what made me start dreaming again and believing that I could maybe still have my dreams. Uh, and so I did that for like a year, learned to produce my own segments. And uh, I was a rolling correspondent, really. I was interviewing all the celebrities when they would come for concerts and things like that. And after doing that for like a year, I started doing theater again and short films, whatever I could. I would drive three hours to do extra work on One Tree Hill. And uh, one day I told my husband, okay, now it's time to move back to L.A. And he was like, oh, no, we can't do that. We got this little baby. And What was he doing at the time? Uh, working at a call center. Oh, and awesome. he was doing music, too. He had built a studio in the house. Uh, but it was the fear of, like, we got a, a small baby. And he had already, you know, had a baby earlier, too. He was like... We can't, we can't do that. I was like, well, listen, in my mind, I thought I had some money. I, I ain't had no money, right? But I was making like $12 an hour. I was like, I will move to L.A. and come back and forth. And he was like, oh, no, we ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'll go. Yeah, yeah so let's, <laughs> let's plan it out. And so we planned it out, and we moved. Uh, I think we had like $8,000 we saved up, and we moved in 2004. And uh, I've been out here pursuing acting ever since then, uh, a lot of small victories. Nobody knew me as actors, right? But I loved it. I mm-hmm. for free. Um, a lot of things that should have stopped me uh, from pursuing happened. Um, you know, as soon as I got out here, you know, when you hear the voice of God, you be like, I know they waiting on me. And I got out here and want nobody waiting on me. <laughs> nobody was waiting. Like, what, yeah, what right. So wrong uh, number. <laughs> right. It was like uh, Morgan Freeman. Gary, you better go get this job. <laughs> Talk to me again, yeah. please. Yes. This is gone. And um my mama got sick right after we moved, maybe six months we were here. And uh she was diagnosed with ALS, which is terminal. And you only get one mama, you know, and I had an amazing mama. And so I went back and forth for the next three years to help take care of her until um, she passed away. And then I just thought, like, I just got to take any job I can to pursue my acting. Like, I got to do it. And so back when Blockbuster was a thing, I did a lot of films that went straight to DVD, uh, straight to Walmart, those type of things. Redbox. Yes, yes, honey. <laughs> um, some that I'd be like, please just don't even look them up. Uh, <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing to see here, okay? Um, that ain't me. <laughs> right. And so I, I did, you know, music videos. I did commercials. I did a lot of, like, you know, small roles and things, but nothing ever broke. However, every job I did, I thought it was the one. I thought this was going to be the thing that blew me up. My husband used to always tell me, he was like, man, you, it didn't matter if it was $50. He was like, this is the one. Mm. Um, but I just always believed that, you know, in my heart. 
there was always this thing inside of me that was saying something big was coming. Uh, and then in um, 2016, I felt like I was finally getting to a good place. I just went to Sundance for the first time. I was like, man, I feel like my career is really starting to like kind of take off in a different level. And um, I, I think I had booked like my first like guest star and co-star like on TV, mm. like you know. And then I got sick. Like out of nowhere, I just uh, woke up. I had this headache in the back of my head. Uh, and the headache rested there for a year and seven months. Uh, it was accompanied by chronic fatigue, chronic pain throughout my body. I began to fall when I would walk. Um, as a woman, all this stuff was like shutting down. It was not functioning properly. Uh, doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I did everything that you can imagine. I had blood work, MRIs, weekly, monthly. I was taking every drug the doctors offered me. And um, if anything, I was probably getting worse because they couldn't figure out what it was. I was like a guinea pig. But, you know, when you don't know what's wrong with you. They're just going to keep trying to treat you for everything. Be like, yeah, I'll take it. You know, yeah. they would, you know, shoot me up in the head and giving me all kinds of steroids. But um, it didn't work. And so my daughter came home from school and they was like, Mom, we saw this documentary. I think you should watch it at school. And it was what the hell. Mm. And I watched that. Netflix. Yeah, on Netflix. Yeah. Watched it as a family and was like, oh, this is something that um, I've never tried, right? Uh, it was also, you know, one of those things you kind of hear about and you're like, that ain't really for black people. But I was like, when they started talking about all diseases are not hereditary, is that we sometimes we can eat the same thing that causes the same disease in our family. My mama died at 51. Uh my daddy is 71. He's the older man, oldest man to ever live in our family. Mm -hmm. People die young and they get sick at young ages in my family. And so I was like, hmm, let me try to go vegan for like 30 days and see what happens. I ain't got nothing to lose at this point because I did think I was going to die. And uh, did it. And in the first 10 days, the headache I had had every day for a year and seven months disappeared. And I started getting energy again. I started feeling better. And I was like, oh, I think I'm on to something. And I told my husband, I was like, this is going to be my life. I'm going to go vegan. And that's literally how I got on that journey. Mm. And prior to doing that, um, I had got to a really dark place. I was, you know, suffering from anxiety and depression. And I had what, you know, I grew up in the church from the South. And I always prided myself on having this great relationship with God. And I had what I call my my last call and and conversation with him in the bathroom because I thought he had forgotten about me when mm. I was sick. And so I went in the bathroom, I got in the mirror and I was really in, in search of trying to see my soul. And I prayed and I was like, God, if you heal me, you can have me. Mm. And I meant it. And something changed that day in the bathroom. I don't know. I, I, when I walked out, I felt different. I didn't feel healed, but I felt different. Um, and then, you know, Later is when my daughter had came home about the the documentary. But a couple of weeks after that, I had had this dream. And if you've read my book, you know, I'm, I have a gift I was born with. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I dream things and they come to pass. I see things that other people don't see. Um, and I saw myself on a show. And I was like, now, God, how was I on a show? Because I'm sick. I'm not even auditioning. I used to do stand-up trying to get a TV show. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. doing stand-up. I'm not doing any of the things that I usually would do. And 
I was like, well, reveal that to me. How was I on a show if I am not working towards it? And I heard a voice that said, start doing videos. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I ain't finna do that. You know, I ain't gonna do no videos. Because <laughs> as an actor, we've been told in Hollywood, and, and you got to know that I was a person who was not free. Mm. So I believed anything that was told to me to make it in Hollywood. Um, and so I would always be told, you do videos, nobody gonna take you serious in Hollywood. Yeah. And so, so you, I, you're talking, and I, I could imagine that from a standpoint where like, you've been training at this profession for so long. Mm -hmm. It almost feels like to now do a video on a phone. Mm -hmm. It's like... A social media video. Yeah, social, social media. media. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Video. Like, yeah. it's almost like, a, not a downgrade, but it's, you feel like, I worked all that hard to do this? It wasn't even that. It was, just, to me, it was more of, they won't take me serious. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there was also the like the Vine era. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of friends who we all acted together. We came up producing and acting and doing our own thing together. Started doing Vine. And I was the person that was like, oh, y'all ain't gonna make it. I thought I was better. Oh, okay. I had this thing where I really believe, you know, when you ain't free, you you like to look down on others. Or you like to think that you're doing it the right way. Not your way, but the right way is what you're thinking because you you have conformed. Right? So I went from corporate America conforming, code switching, mm -hmm. to entertainment conforming and code switching. So I believed that I had to fit a certain box in order to be successful. And so when God spoke to me and said, start doing videos, I was like, I can't do that. But then he reminded me, he said, you know, you said, if I heal you, I can have you, which meant I had to start being obedient to what I heard from him. And so I was like, okay. So I started doing these videos. When I first started doing videos, I was just kind of doing the same sets I would do when I was a comedian. I would, you know, talk about being a mom and a wife. And I still had not, uh, like, healed myself yet. I was not feeling completely better yet. Yeah. And so when I did the uh, vegan challenge, it started feeling better. And the, after the 30 days, I told my husband, like, I'm, this is going to be my life. That same voice I heard say, now tell people what you're eating in your videos. And I was like, wait a minute now, Lord. Because I also had shaved off all my hair. Because mm. I always wore my hair very long and straight. I was always a certain size. I would weigh myself like 10, 12 times a day trying to fit this look. I always covered my accent. Everything I was programmed to do. So I was taking layers off. It's like God was dealing with me on, on becoming who he created me to be. And so I was very scared. I was like, Lord, I didn't shave off all my hair. And I'm really trying to be obedient to be who you created me to be. But this is scary. But okay. So I started doing videos and said, hey, y'all, I'm going vegan. Like, it ain't a challenge now. Like, this is going to be my life. How many followers did you have? Uh, maybe 3,000. What platform? Facebook. Yeah. Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. And at the time, you're doing acting gigs, indie, but you're also... Are you are your Uber driver at this point? Not yet. Okay. So, because this is August of 2017. Okay. <clears throat> so, I started feeling better by October. I told my husband, I was like, I'm going to go drive Uber. Because now I'm feeling good. Yeah. I'm doing these videos every day. I don't know why. Because God, <laughs> you know, he spoke to me. He said, listen, you were trying to get a TV show out doing stand-up. You was reaching like 15, 30 people a night. You start doing these videos, you're going to reach thousands in minutes. And I said, well, Lord, I ain't even got thousands of followers to reach in minutes. Most of my followers was my family and my friends back in North Carolina, you know? Yeah, all, all 20 of them. Uh, listen, okay? <laughs> but I was like, I got to be obedient. Yeah. 
And so, um, and I was also doing things on my personal Facebook page. I ain't know nothing about monetizing. I ain't know none of that stuff. Excuse me. And so I was like, all right, I'm going live every day. I'm cooking in my kitchen. Um, when I find stuff, I tell people, oh, I found a vegan option. I would get like 30 people on my lives, you know, 100 views after, you know, a day or two on my videos. And if you watch like some of my earlier videos, I would cry on the video sometime while I was cooking because I'm like, I don't know why God got me doing this. He told me thousands in minutes. It is 33 people on here. Hmm. What do he have me do? And I also never wanted to do anything with food. Never. Mm -hmm. But I was just being obedient. And so October is when I told my husband, I'm going to go drive Uber because now I'm feeling good. And I had, man, my savings, what little bit that I had was gone, you know. And my husband is my partner, not my provider. And so I was like, I'm going to go get discovered in my car because I'm in L.A., I'm probably going to pick up a director or a producer. They're going to love me. Okay. And I'll call you from the set. That's how my mind be working. And my husband's like, okay, Taya. All right. So I started driving Uber in October. And uh, December 30th, I dropped somebody off at, you know, about Whole Foods. And I was still new vegan. I always know Whole Foods got a vegan option. So I went in there. I was like, I'm going to put myself on a little Uber break. Give me a little breakfast. And I went in and got a sandwich. I had never heard of vegan bacon at that time. Mm -hmm. And that was the sandwich, the TTLA. And uh, ate the first half. And I was like, oh, shoot, I need to do a video to tell people I found a new vegan option. So I did the video sitting in my car. And I went on back to drive an Uber. And when I got home and I turned my you know, notifications on, my phone was like going crazy. I was like, who watching this video? The video had like 50,000 views. And I was like... On Facebook. On Facebook. Yeah. And the next morning... It had over a hundred and some thousand. And I told my husband, I said, I think I'm going viral. <laughs> and he was like, what that mean? I was like, I don't know. He's like, well, you going to make some money? I was like, I don't know. And uh, four days later, Whole Foods DM'd me on Facebook. And they were like, we saw your video. We'd love to partner with you. And I partnered with them. That was like my first partnership. Uh, the sandwich was like something that had never happened for Whole Foods. The sandwich was only available in the Southern California region. Mm -hmm. uh, but after the video, people were requesting it nationwide. So in 30 days, they rolled it out all over the nation. And it became like, I was, it was like my sandwich. I had also changed the name of the sandwich because in my, my excitement, I said the name of the sandwich wrong. So they changed the name of the sandwich to TTLA. Yeah. And so um, I changed the, their market for them. It had never been done in... Um, I think uh, Steve said over 30 years. Um, he was like, how did you do that? I also gave them a new customer. And so they changed, you changed their market. Right. So they had, Whole Foods was not a place where black people were shopping. Mm. Right. Especially not like my following. Mm -hmm. Right. Which grew overnight. Um, there were churches in the South taking buses to go to the nearest Whole Foods together to try the sandwich. You know, people were planning trips to go to Whole Foods. Because, like, where I'm from, there's no Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. You got to drive about 45 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. And so I was giving them that. And it just, it sold out every day for nine months straight. Like, it, they couldn't keep it in stock. Even the bacon, that company reached out. Uh, it's Tempe they, Bacon? Yeah, it was Tempe. Mm -hmm. Tempe Bacon, tomato, lettuce, and avocado. Yep. TTLA. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, look, I put a little pickle on it. Okay. Little Don't pickle. forget that. How can I forget the pickle? <laughs> but yeah, so um, that's what began this part of TAB. 
And I realized, I was like, oh, wait, I can really make money doing this. Okay. I don't know how it's going to keep happening, but I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing. And what that was, was being organic, being in the moment. Um, and I've continued to do that. How, listen, so within a week, you got a million views. Obviously, they reach out within the first week saying we want to partner at that point, because it's like, who who do you even follow to say, like, this is how you partner with a, a major brand? I called all my friends that had been doing influencer work, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, what do I do? How much do I charge? And nobody would help me. They wouldn't tell me. So I was like, okay, I know how SAG work, like the union, but yeah. it's a different world. And I had a manager at the time that I had um, just signed with to try to like start getting like auditions in Atlanta. And she knew nothing. And all my old agents knew nothing about social media. They were like, girl, this is just a little phase. Mm -hmm. Like they couldn't help me. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to just go as big as I can and ask for a crazy amount of money and see what they say. And they were like, hmm. We can't give it to you at once, but what if we break it up and you do a couple of other things throughout the year for us? And I was like, okay, <laughs> right? Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't even have an attorney at this time, you know? Um, and then I had a friend who was a producer, uh, Stephen Love, and he's super smart. And he and I had been trying to develop a show together. And I called Stephen. I said, um, you're going to be my manager. And he was like, Oh, no, I tell you, I ain't a manager. I'm a producer. I said, I know, but I didn't prayed about it, and God told me you're going to be my manager. And so me and Steven figured it out together, uh, and we probably did about 56 deals together. Mm. And when one deal was like, okay, this money, when they said yes too quick, we was like, oh, we know we was too low. So when the next deal, we was like, go higher and see what they say. Oh, they said, yeah, oh, we still too low. So we, that's how we kind of learned uh, over the years, you know, we we worked together for like two years. We're still producing parts. Like he's still my 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 number one. That's mm. my guy. But now, of course, I have a team, and then really learned that oh, we was we was real low. <laughs> I could have been making more money. Yeah. But so let me ask you. I want to go back to this social media because it's interesting. You you gained two million followers in five weeks. Is that correct? So that so that is on on TikTok. So that happened. Or that happened years af later. After. Yeah, that was 2020. Yeah. So March, uh, December 30th of 2017, I had no, you know, just normal followers. By January 4th, I had like, I, I can't even tell you, not a million, but hundreds of that. They were just happening every day on Facebook. Across, on, on Facebook was I was only on Facebook. Only on Facebook. Yeah, I would post a little bit on Instagram, but Facebook was my platform. Okay. Um, and I probably gained maybe a million. No, I was like 500,000 by 2020. So from 2018 to 2020, I had like 500,000 on Facebook and I had 300,000 on Instagram, March of 2020. My daughter told me to get on TikTok. And I was like, girl, with them kids, she was like, mommy, you can be like the mom of TikTok. Like, mm. You know, do your recipes, do your inspirational videos, the same stuff I do on Facebook. I got on there the first week I went viral on TikTok. In 30 days, I had a million followers. A week later, I had two million, and it just kept growing. So, what are some best practices that you use for social? Because it might have started as a mistake, but you don't have that level of success by accident. So right. you have to be doing things that 
you know are working and you've kind of met, you've mastered it, right? So how... Well, for me, I was doing what was real and natural for me. I never, I never planned a post unless it was a branded post. And I still don't do that. I do what what I feel, right? When I was um, first doing videos, it's like what I had a taste for. That's what I'm going to cook. And I'm going to just share that with So people. there's no like second take or... No. It's not it would, staged at all? It, it would be live. Just organic. This is just... Did the it camera would be on. It would be live. So whatever happened, happened. Did did you ever feel the pressure to try to have success? Obviously, you've been you were doing the videos. You got one that goes ridiculously viral. Mm-hmm. Do you feel in the back of your mind like, wait, I got to create something similar to have the same type of success, or it's like I'm just staying sticking to the script of what I know? I'm a stick because you got to also remember I didn't know the world, mm. right? Right. I didn't know you the you world. don't know what you don't know. So I was just like. I'm going to just keep being consistent, <laughs> right? I'm going to just keep doing the videos. They like that. I guess they'll like this. If they, if they don't, they don't. But I'm only really doing what I think God has called me to do right now. I'm just trying to be obedient because I also didn't want to do nothing with food. So for him to bless me in a, in, in a way that I had not planned, because I had many plans for acting. I mean, I could give you the, the, the layout. <laughs> food was never a part of my plan. So I was like, I just got to trust God and keep doing this every day and sharing. But I had no recipe for success other than being true to who I am. That was the hardest part for me, taking off the layers of the old tab. Because I was, you know, in in my own words, like I was a a fraud for a very long time because I wasn't the true me. Because I created this other Tabitha that I thought could win in Hollywood, right? The straight hair, the thin, the, you know, very neutral accent. Because I told her, you know, I had been told I was ignorant for having a Southern dialect. Mm. Um, you you country, you know, in a, always in a negative. So I always would try to cover that. So now I was like, oh, God told me he can't bless who I'm not. Right? How, how is he going to bless me if I ain't me? So I was like, I got to start taking these layers off and show up his tab. Every day, this is like my my season of becoming me. It was more about that than anything else. It wasn't about nobody else. Mm. I was just trying to figure out what he wanted me to do. Uh, so uh, after the success, obviously the Whole food. Now the vegan community mm-hmm. now becomes the marketplace for you. So mm-hmm. how how did the brands start treating you from that space? Because that, you know that's obviously something that's been more prominent over the past five, ten years. Mm-hmm. It's, you didn't have any clue that you were going to be in this space, but now you're the the spokesperson for it. So yeah. how did how did brands start approaching you after that? Oh my honey, every day my <laughs> inbox was flooded. Everybody wanted to send me stuff. Everybody wanted to send tail products. Um, everybody wanted to do a deal. And I learned very quickly that the power of no, uh, right? I never did anything for money. It, if I didn't like it, I ain't going to endorse it, right? Um, and I also had to like the people, like the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, because some people, I could tell like, oh, you just want me because, A, I'm a black woman. Um, and it's a certain time of the year. And you know I can move merchandise, right, product. 
but you don't really see me as a person. And then I would also look at their, you know, their social media, their marketing. You never had nobody black before. Mm. Now you you won't tab. I don't feel good about that, you know? So I would always just kind of look at the approach and see if it was genuine. I would meet with people and talk to people, but uh, always pray before I say anything. I'd be like, okay, guide me on this. But I did a lot of deals that were a lot of small businesses. Still to this day, those are my passion. Small businesses are my passion mm-hmm. uh, because I've seen them change overnight because of me just endorsing them, right? Or sharing them on my platform. That's what's important to me. Changing somebody's life is like, that's it, mm. you know, because that also changes my life, right? Because I know, oh, I'm doing what I'm purpose to do. So, so all right, let's on the media side, right? You've grown in the media empire. Mm-hmm. Where you have the YouTube channel, you have the podcast, and the children. So, at what point do you transition from okay, I'm making cool content, I'm going viral, I'm working with brands, mm-hmm. to now I'm going to build a business structure and do it that way? Like, what's the steps to say, okay, now this is something that we really going to focus on to make it a business? What for me it was it was like very organic. Like I move strategically. Um, I don't do anything like I and people don't be believe me when I say this, but honey, I, when I tell you, I promise you it's never like a laid out plan. Right. It'll be something will come to me and then I'll be like, OK, I got to do that. But like when I first cut my hair off and she started growing back, I named her Donna. Right. I was cooking live in my kitchen and she was like sticking up straight. And I was like, Lord, my hair is sticking up straight. I'm looking like Don King tonight. I'm about to call her Donna. <laughs> and it stuck. And people started saying, oh, I look at Donna. Like every night when I'd be cooking. So it became a thing. And I continued to call her that. And I was like, in prayer, God was like, I need you to stay consistent in it. And I was like, but why? Like, it's just a name for my hair, you know? Mm. And then over time, I really started to realize like the me embracing my hair was a big deal for me because I had not embraced my natural hair for so long. And then over time, that's when I was like, oh, I, I want to do a hair care line. And I've already named my hair Donna, and people know that. So it's going to be like the Donna collection, right? Which is now my hair collection is Donna's Recipe. So those are the things that I'm intentional with. When I figured that out, I'm like, oh, okay, God, I see what you're showing me. So now when I, my favorite cooking spoon, when I cook, people know my favorite spoon is Sheena. So in my mind, I'm like, one day I'm going to have a, a collection of these. That's how I plan it. Hmm. It's not like, oh, A has to go to B to go to C for me. It's a domino effect. Exactly. One thing leads to another thing. Yeah. Exactly. And so, but I know like when I'm in the door, I look around the room, right? I don't, I don't show up and walk through the door for the one reason I'm there. Yeah. If I walk through the door, I want to look around the room. It's, it, I hear like the obedience just keeps coming up and the faith in it. And it was like, you named your hair, now you got a hair product. And so like now it makes sense. Like, I'm putting the pieces together as I'm listening to the story even more. So it's like, all right, I'm giving recipes. Here's my, you know, here, here, here's my spice. Here's what I'm doing. Exactly. You're just creating businesses based on who just, I am. just who you are and being obedient right. to who you are. Exactly. Like I cook, so I got seasoning. Yeah. Right. Um, people know I love fashion. Yeah. I got clothes at Target, right? Uh, it, if it ain't me, it don't make sense. 
You know, if I came out with with my own beer, people were like, really? <laughs> that means she just threw a name on something. Yeah. I, I'm so intentional with what I do. It has to be so rooted in tab. So, so the other part of that is like the not knowing, right? Mm-hmm. And so you didn't come from a food background. No. Right? So you had, somebody had to give you guidance in that space. So where did you see the guidance? Even with the seasoning, mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, this is this makes perfect sense, but how do I even go about that? How, how do I market that? Who do I find to even help me? What what were those like times like? So crazy enough, same as with my hair products, same as with my seasoning, same as with my cookbook. When I was doing everything independently, just by myself and me and Steven, that's, that was my team, mm-hmm. me and him. I would cook live and I would look at the comments and people were like, Tab, you need your own seasoning. So I literally had started trying to mix my own seasoning at my house. Same with my hair. Tab, you need your own hair products. I was getting essential oils, like all these different things, trying to mix it at my house. My cookbook, I was writing my cookbook at home by myself. Mm-hmm. And every night I would pray, I'm like, God, I need a team. I, I don't know how to do this. And he would send me the people. Literally, I did a deal with McCormick and they wanted me to just cook with their seasonings live like I was doing. And I was like, oh, okay. My granny, I, I grew up on McCormick seasoning. I, you know, all the people in my family. Yeah, everybody got that in Everybody got, everybody got it Exactly. And so after I did that, I was like, hmm, I wonder if they would help me create my own seasoning. So I asked my team and they were like, oh, let's set a meeting. And that's how that happened. With Donna's recipe, uh, it was actually a, a very like organic thing. My husband coaches basketball, so one of the the moms of the you know his uh, players was like, "I got an idea. I want to run by you." And so she had an idea to do a hair care line with me. I was like, "Girl, I've been trying to develop this for a year by myself, but I prayed for somebody. You know, I prayed for God to send me a team." And she was like, "Oh, well, this is what I do." Mm. That's how. I formed my partnership with her to do Donna's recipe. Um, and then with my book, with my team, I was like, I've been writing a cookbook, but I have no idea about publishing. I need somebody to show me. And they were like, oh, let's set a meeting. So the thing I learned about is you can have a dream. You can have an idea. But you can't always just keep it inside. Sometimes you got to, A, you got to pray for the guidance, but also for the team. And then you got to speak up and be like, I need help. Because I know I have all these great ideas, but I also know I can't do it alone. So I would ask my team. I'd be like, you know, I, my my new managers I signed with. When I signed with my agent, we would have meetings. Uh, and I would say, listen, these are the things I want to do. This is what's in my mind. This is what God put inside of me. I have this list of things. I want to do this, this, and this. And it has to align this way. And they'd be like, okay, let us try to set some meetings. And then I would take meetings with multiple people. And whoever felt right to me. That's who I would move forward with. Yeah. I mean, you said something very important. You said you didn't do it for money. Right. But at a certain point, you're making money. Absolutely. And so that's another side of a team that you have to build. Mm-hmm. And one of the things in our community is tough is, is trust. Mm-hmm. Right? So even sharing your vision, but also... Earners, what's up? Look, this episode is sponsored by NerdWild's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to NerdWild's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your money. I can't front. The nerds have helped me get smarter about a few things, like planning my tax bills so that I don't dread April every year, or making a budget 
that's balanced, not just buying sneakers and fly clothes or saving on travel because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night or maybe a five-star dinner or boosting my credit score since we all know credit is like the real-life cheat code. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. You'll get the clarity you need to make smart decisions with confidence. Smart money is the smartest way to get even smarter about money. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Trying to figure out who's going to handle my finances. What was that process like? <laughs> Let me tell you something. I have a business manager, right, when it comes to money. And she know it ain't a secret. And I still don't trust her. <laughs> me and my husband, we don't trust nobody but me and him. <laughs> I, I, be tell, I be like, girl, I love you, but I don't trust you. You know, because it's my money. She's going to be honest with you. I, I, I'm just going to listen. Me and my husband, we, we came from nothing together. Right, we've been together for 25 years next year. I mean, next month. And we still keep a notebook. We still, we still write things down. That's how we started. And so we were like, wait a minute, we gotta look really look at this. Like we we got the apps. We can go online and look, but no, I need to look at it our way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard finding people in the industry that you can trust. Uh and people have tried to get over on me. People have tried to steal from me. And it's disheartening because I be wanting everybody to win. And I always tell people, you know how you said I walked in a room and you could feel it? That's how I always want to present, right? It's only two things that will take me out of that element is if you mess with my family or you mess with my money because I take care of my family with my money, right? And so as as a black woman, uh, it's already hard you know, in in an industry that is, you know, or in a world rather that was not created to cater to us. But then when you become like very successful and you're a Southern country, black woman, people think you dumb. So they think that they can, you know, take advantage of you. And so that's what makes it even more so hard to trust people. Right. Um, But I'm very grateful that, I do have a good team and I've established like a good business manager. The the company, you know, I did my homework. I made sure I was like, let me look and see if y'all didn't ever had a situation. <laughs> Listen, when y'all had Steve Harvey, I called her the next ass. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I sent her the video. I said, now listen, 
This is why I don't trust you. Skip to the, <laughs> skip to the 45 minute part. Ain't nobody got time. Listen. Fast forward to the part where you talk about the tat. Yeah. yeah. That's why I don't trust you. That was, that was a crazy story. I was like, I'm going to need you. And, and it's so funny because I sent her that. I was like, I know that you sent them to me, but I, I need you to, I need a, uh, the printout of my receipts. I don't want the computer ones. I want the printout of my tax receipts. Like, but those little things like that, we we need a little reminder every now and then. Because sometimes we can get a little comfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, we we can't do that. We can't lose sight. Listen, if I got $3 missing, I want to know where it is. No, nah, I hate <laughs> every dollar. So, so let's talk about, okay, so you're in the food space. You got the recipes. When do you turn to a restaurateur? And what's the, the process of opening the restaurant? Now, let me tell you this. Neiman, I, I love him. He's a sweetheart. I went to Kill My Name. Uh, I was shooting the shot in Chicago, so I was there for... Kill My Name? Yeah, that's a, that's a restaurant. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. It, 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 it was. Yeah. Let's get to it. So I went to the Kill My Name. The original one is in Chicago. Yeah, we I we fell sell. in love with it. Yeah. Fell in love with it. And I fell in love with Neiman. And I was like, hmm, y'all, you need one of these in L.A. And I was like thinking like, I'm going to go to the restaurant again because I was staying in Chicago um, for a couple months. And I was like, if he say something about a, doing one of these in, you know, in LA, I'm a, I'm a partner with him. He came to the table that day and he was like, I've been thinking about coming to LA and, and looking for a building. I said, you know what? I want to partner with you. And so while Kel, my name is not my, yeah. it's, it's, it's Neiman's. Mm-hmm. Um, I did partner with him to fund, to have one here in LA. But, Ooh, restaurant business that you know yeah. how you really can't trust people, mm. right? Uh, not Neiman. I love him. Yeah. He was, he was, uh, oh. uh we, I, I shout him, out to, I him. oh, you told him? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, shout out, shout out to Sonny Vegan, yes. shout out to Pinky. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, he is so passionate about restaurant business. And for me, if it was my restaurant like it is his, like if it was my brand and I was there every day, I could see myself building more. Right. And maybe later in life. But so many issues happened um, with like the building. Right. Things that you don't think that you're going to run into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Structural issues. Yes. Um, slum and also slum lords. I'm going to say that. Or the landlord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it became a whole legal thing that I was like, oh, I'm going to have to because now you mess with my money. Right. And Nima's money. Right. So but just so many things that you can't rush into. That's what I learned. I was like, you know what? In Chicago, he did it one way and so he thought it would work the same in LA. I've never opened a restaurant so I trusted that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? If this is how you do it, let's do it. I'm going to give you the money. I know I'm going to get the people in here. You ain't going to never have to worry about, you know, people coming. Uh, But that's his passion. But the people um, trying to find people to help you, like work in a restaurant, to show up every day to work, <laughs> uh, to also be honest, it was hard. That part was hard, too. So uh, I, a more power to all the people. I love Pinky. I'd be like, girl, honey, very good. <laughs> very good. But I said, I'm going to go ahead and just put food in Target. So you're not, <laughs> so you're not in the business anymore? No, we, we actually closed the one in L.A. down okay. uh, last summer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you said you're going to put food in Target? Right, well, I already so, have food and Yeah, so we, we got to get to that part. Cause that, I mean, 
that's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, be, being inside, you know, the big four retailers is, is tough. So, you know, obviously the season ends and you have deals with making food. So how did they approach you? Who, who approached you? Like, how did that work? So Target, uh, same way, very organic. I was doing um, what they call Target family with them for like a year as an influencer uh, doing content and like for the holidays or back to school, they send me stuff, I do videos. When I first started working with them, what I loved about Target instantly was I would do a video and I would send it in for approval and I would just be waiting for their feedback to tell me what to change. And they never wanted anything changed. They was like, oh, we love it. <laughs> and I was like, y'all gonna let Tab just be Tab? <laughs> Because I was seeing other, you know, work with other brands and they were like, could you do this? And then I'd be like, you know what? It's not going to work out. Target never, ever tried to change me. They was like, no, nah, lean more into whatever whatever you want to do. We love it. Um, they, they didn't care if I talked about God. They didn't care if I talked about veganism. They didn't care as long as I was being me. So I did that for like a year with them. And when they presented, you know, an opportunity to do something bigger, I was like, I'm all ears. What do you want to do? And they knew that I had studied fashion. Uh, and so they were like, we have this idea. That we've never done it before. Uh, but we would love to do four exclusive collections with you across the whole store. So I was like, you ain't never did it before. Now you're speaking my language because I like to do things that ain't never been done. <laughs> and so um, we, I said, yeah, you know, we uh, talked about it. And I was like, oh, this is right up my alley. I get to do, you know, clothing and uh, accessories. Uh, you know, I love glasses. I love clothes. I get to do swimwear. Um, and it's all inclusive, which is what I love. Like, you know, I'm from the South. All the women in my family thick. We, you know, <laughs> we big women in the South, okay? And so I was like, I can make, you know, stuff that my mother would have been able to wear and my sister and my aunts. And um, I, was, I was excited to do that. But then I also got to uh, design furniture. I had never did that before. Furniture and office supplies and, um, you know, then from there, food, which is my, you know, now like something I'm very passionate about. Yeah. And to do a vegan collection and uh, kitchen, you know, wear. And now I have my fourth drop that comes out this summer will be outdoor entertainment. And so I'm super excited to do it. I love that I was the first. You know, I had my own merch mm. line that I used to do, which is one of the first ways that I made a lot of money. And I did that independently on my own. And so I would go downtown and buy the T-shirts in bulk, then find the printer, take them to the printer, design the logo, do all the things. And to be able to go and partner with somebody like Target, where I, you know, was in a corporate headquarters in the in the room while things are being styled and, you know, designing it with them and looking at colorways and doing the whole thing. I was like, oh, I feel like, yeah. okay, this is why you do it yourself first. So you can really appreciate when you get to this place. So is it, is it your brand or is it Target? Is it Target and then you're like the designer on it? Right. Okay. So it's, it's uh, Tabitha Brown for Target. Okay. Right. And so, um, but everything I got to do, right? So they would give me uh, like a whole bunch of color palettes. And then I pick the, what, what I want and the designs I want. I tell them what I envision and how I want. You're like the creative director. Mm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Of yeah. the line. Yeah. Um, so, okay. 
Let's talk about your spirituality because okay. that's something obviously that's extremely important to you, mm-hmm. right? So, um, was that is that an ever an issue mm-hmm. in business? How do you, um, you know, walk that line, mm-hmm. or is it a line to walk as far as spirituality? And because a lot of times people say like you know, separate church and state, right? Like separate church and business. Like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like as far as whatever your religious beliefs are, that's fine. You can mention it, but don't overbleed it too much in your business uh-huh. because you might alienate people. You might even offend people, right? Or you, it's, so it's a lot of times you don't see people like overly expressing mm-hmm. um, their religious beliefs or their spirituality. But so what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Um, it's, it's who I am, Right. I always share openly my love of God, uh, but I'm also very open about my dislike of religion. I feel that religion causes separation. Um, My mother was a pastor later in her life, and she told me, she said, listen, don't ever get caught up in religion. Get caught up in your relationship with God. And that is what I talk about all the time. Um, People know who I am when I walk in the door. If If you book me, you already know me. And I don't come uh, to judge. I come in love. Um, I think that my love of God is uh, very known. So I don't have to walk in the room and talk about it. Right. But if the opportunity presents itself, you know where I'm rooted. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but I don't shy away from it if somebody want to have a conversation. You think that that's actually helped you as far as, do you think that a lot of brands have, um, they want to work with you as far as because of that? Because, you know, a lot of, especially like in the Bible Belt and the South, different things of that nature. So a lot of times what somebody might look at as a handicap is actually a benefit. I think it, it has its pros and cons, right? Uh, some people don't want to work with me because they, they they don't like that. Okay. You know, but I always say to me, my people, that ain't who I'm supposed <laughs> to work with. If I, if, That means you don't like Taya. Right. Um, and that is also some church folk. Some church folk say I ain't Christian enough. Mm. That ain't my business. Like too liberal. Yeah. Right. Mm. Uh, I love everybody. Mm. You know, one of my best friends is Muslim. My be- One of my best friends. Right. And so <clears throat> I think that we get to a place to where uh, we, we so focused on what you were taught. You ain't even having a relationship. Right. That's that's the thing. A lot, a lot of people don't realize that. You got these strong beliefs in something because of what you were taught. I'm telling you what I know, what's in here, what I've heard. Nobody taught me the God I know. It wasn't taught to me. Mm -hmm. It was developed inside of me. Um, And that's a difference. And so, you know, if you look at my content tab, I always, you know, I always give glory glory to God. Um, I do credit him for everything that I am. And I also do the work. Right. And so if somebody be like, you know, I've had people say, Tab, you, you might want to tone it down, talking about God all the time on your social or whatever, because, you know, people ain't going to work, you know, they ain't going to want to work with you. I was like, ooh, honey, but, uh, let me turn it up a little bit because I want to make sure those people stay clear. <laughs> I want to let them know that you yeah. should not be working. Yeah, with don't me. work with Tab, honey, <laughs> you know, because I'm going to still show up as this Tab. Yeah. Right. But I, I love, I love people. I believe in people. Right. I believe we all got something great to offer. Yeah. You know, no matter what you believe, you know, no matter, you know, no matter the God that you may feel 
exist in your life, I still believe in people. Uh, we don't have to have the same belief for me to love you, right? For me to see you. Mm-hmm. We don't have to have the same belief um, or for us to work together, right? And what you do at home, honey, that's your business, right? But this is who I am and I ain't going to change. Nor should you. Nope. And yeah. I ain't going to do it. it ain't going to happen. <laughs> you, I mean, so inside of that, the business, there's a lot of verticals there. I heard design. I heard the cooking, obviously the media, the books. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to use the word balance, but how do you delegate managing all these things at the same time? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm first, right? That's priority. Uh, then it's my family. And then I have a good schedule, right? I put everything on the calendar. <laughs> my husband hate to hear me say that. I'm like, you look at the calendar, you're like, Lord, here we go with this calendar. But um, that's that's how I do it. But I, I schedule my own breaks. Um, and those breaks sometimes happen throughout my day, you know, because I want to make sure I'm all right. I, I have struggled with anxiety and depression before, and I don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't allow myself to get burned out. And I really love what I do. I love it. And when you love it, it is easy to balance. It's easy to balance when you love it. When you are doing it because you're trying to make money or you're doing it because you're trying to survive or you're doing it to try to be like somebody else, it's a balancing act. It's it's hard. And it's it's heavy. But when you really love it and you're doing it because you were called to do it and it's part of your purpose, it's easy to balance. When just I just want because I'm thinking now about the, the target situation, right? And obviously the, the, there's food inside of there, your brand. Mm-hmm. But it started with Whole Foods mm-hmm. uh, or the partnership. And so in terms of having two obviously separate corporate companies that you worked with, mm-hmm. was there a, a battle or was there negotiation saying, hey, like, yo, this is what they're offering. This is what, and we'll just choose which one suits us best or? Oh, no. Uh, Whole Foods, I worked with them up until mm, maybe like two years ago. Oh. Right. So it's a, it's a different situation. Mm-hmm. But also uh, they could not offer me the things that Target offered me. Right. There's no clothing and right right it's a different different it's it's a whole different thing but also whole foods they had their their role in my journey you know that that was their role and we're not lifelong partners listen you gotta know your season (laughs) (laughs) everybody's not a to z and listen you know that it was a great season and i will forever love them and who knows i could always go back to them i also you know uh we have products inside of whole foods you know i have i have products Everywhere, you know, I got products in Walmart, even though I partner with Target. You know, I got them in every grocery store, even though I partner with Target. Yeah. You know, my season ain't just at Target. Donna's recipe ain't just gonna be at Ulta. You know, so um, there's a way you do business. There's a there's a way that Tabitha Brown can show up. Then there's a way that my businesses and brands can show up, right? So you can't lock my brand in a deal. You might be able to, you know, partner with Tab and I have exclusivity, but then I have a a, a brand that you don't own, right? Nobody own me, but you, I own my brand. So I can put that in wherever I want to. So talk about that as far as separating the brand from the personality. That's something that, it could be a gift and curse, right? When somebody just associates you with the brand, 
it's like we don't associate Phil Knight with Nike, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we do associate Michael Jordan with Jordan Brand. Uh-huh. Gifting pros and cons with both, right? Yeah. Um, so do you ever separate yourself from the brand or do you think it's just completely tied together? Like what's your thoughts on and just for in entrepreneurs in general in mm-hmm. this in this new age of social media, um, as far as, you know, battling between that, like, should I put this on social media? Should I not put this on social media? Should I always attach my own personal brand to the company? Should I back out a little bit? Like, what's your philosophy? I think that if you're if you are your brand, right? I am my brand. I am Tabitha Brown. If I own it, like I own Donna's recipe, I'm always gonna be attached to it. I don't own Target. I partner with them, right? So people can still go to Target and not think about Tab, right? I won't forever be, oh, she the Target lady. No, she Tab at the Brown. She just so happened to have a partnership with Target. Uh, but Donna's recipe, that's going to always be Tab at the Brown, right? Because people going to know, oh, that's Donna. Oh, that's her. And I own it. So I think that as long as you know the difference of partnership versus ownership, because there's a big difference there. And if you have that understanding, then you're gonna be all right. Um, okay. But so what's let's talk about the motivation behind tab time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What what <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. What made you wanna do it and what's the dynamics of that? So uh Tab Time is my children's show. And for about four years, uh every every day in prayer, I would hear God speak to me, he would say, Heal the world. I need you to heal the world. And I'd be like, Lord, I'm one person. How am I going to heal the world? So how often do you actually hear God? Very often. So there's a, so I always tell, I get this question a lot. Um, There's a different way of hearing him. Now, to hear the voice that sounds like thunder has only happened to me once. That's like the Morgan Freeman. It was a very, I wish it sounded like Morgan. (laughs) Okay. No, because that's what you think of, like the voice of God. The voice of God, yeah. Right. Um, But yeah, but it was it sounded more like thunder and it scared me very badly. Scared life into you. It, exactly. Um, but then there's a uh, a way that, you know, because everybody is not ready to hear the voice. And so he will sometimes make the voice sound very familiar to you. So like when my mama was sick, she had ALS, so her, her, uh, she could no longer talk towards the end of her life. And we'd have to read her lips or she could have a very small whisper. And so I'd be at her house and I'd be in the office and, you know, her bedroom's way down the hall. And I could hear her as plain as they called me. And I'd go in there, I'd be like, you call me mom? And she'd look at me like, now how I call you? And I was like, and so she explained to me, she said, you know, sometimes God will use a voice that sounds like somebody that you know not to scare you. Mm. And so sometimes I'll hear the voice that sounds familiar. Like it could sound like my son calling me. It could sound like my daughter. Uh, but sometimes it's a whisper that I hear that is nagging. So it's like, unless I address it, it won't go away, right? Uh, and sometimes it's in a dream. Sometimes it's very, in a dream, I'm not as, I always, this, this used to be the joke with me and my mom because my mama knew my gift. I, I ain't scared of my dreams. In the daytime, give me a minute, you know, because you got to understand, like, I, I'm a child. I, I I was a little girl seeing things that nobody else saw, right? I could see something run across the floor or I could see somebody's face change. Is this like visions? Like, yeah. Like Sixth Sense? 
Yes. And so that's a very scary thing as a child. And then, you know, me and my husband just talking about this on Fridays with Tapping Chance. I was like 26, 28 before I could sleep with the lights off with us together. Mm. Um, we had a, we got a TV. We could finally afford one that had the timer so that in our bedroom. So he would set it on 45 minutes so I could fall asleep, so I could have light, you know, in the room before I fell asleep because of the things that I would see, you know, at night would scare me. Um, but that was because I was running. I was running from the gift. I don't run from it no more. So I'm all right now, you know. Uh, but so I hear him in different ways. And so I always tell people I can't tell you how you can hear him versus how I hear him. It's going to be different because everybody doesn't have the same gift that I have. However, I will tell you that thing that you think about that you can't shake, most time it's him trying to nudge you on something. Mm. Uh, and sometimes he speaks to you through other people. You know how you can have a thought about something? You ain't told nobody. And then somebody comes and say, you know what I was thinking? You know what you should do? And you be like, I've, I've been thinking about that. That's him saying, let me send it through somebody else because you wouldn't be able to handle it if he came down and said, you know, mm. that, that Morgan Freeman voice. <laughs> but <laughs> it comes in different ways. So I was, you know, in prayer and I kept hearing, you know, I need you to heal the world. And so I was like, I, how do I do this? When I first went vegan and healed myself, I was like, oh, he meant my body is my world. And now I'm healed. And he was like, that's cute, Tab, but that's not what, that ain't it. And so one morning he was like, it starts with children. And I was like, oh, okay. So I told my team, I was like, listen, I want to do a children's show because I have this idea that if I can teach children to love themselves, to love each other, to see each other, despite our differences, have compassion for each other. And we do this while learning together about the world. Those same children will have this inside of them and they'll grow up one day and be adults who still see each other, who still love each other, have compassion for each other, but will also be willing to help heal each other. That's the plan. And that's why I decided to do halftime. And I also wanted to slow television back down for children. I grew up on like Mr. Rogers. And so um, I just felt like we needed to slow it down. You know, my my son uh, was diagnosed with motor tics when he was eight. And a lot of children have motor tics or um, high anxiety. And the children's programming overstimulates children. All the colors and a lot of like the loud sounds and like very fast paced music it's actually overstimulating to children. And so you'll you'll find in like the comments when people are, are talking about tab time that a lot of children with like autism or motor tics or anxiety, they have them watch and it calms them down. And it's important, I think, that we remember that we only have children for a very small amount of time. A good 10 years is all we got. And we adult for the rest of our life. Mm -hmm. So for those 10 years, if we can just be patient with them, slow it down a little bit, yeah. I think, you know, tab time is where it's at. Oh, that, that, that's always, they ask me, what's the the, the the adage that I always like live by? And it's like, you're going to be older a lot longer than you're going to be younger. Man, ain't you? Yeah, yeah. You're going to adult for a very long time. But you, you know, even when we adult, though, we refer back to the child inside. Yeah. And if the child's childhood was... Uh, something great, then it's a good reflection. 
if it was a lot of trauma, it's tough. Yeah. And so I want to be part of the good reflection. You spoke about tab and chance. Yes. 25 years of marriage. 20 years of marriage, 25 together. 25 together. Next month, April 19th. The, the power of strong union mm-hmm. versus the power of strong partnership. Yeah. And being married and having finances together. Mm-hmm. Talk about the complexities of that. Shoot. We are very rare. <laughs> <laughs> it has always been um, our money together. We um, struggled together. And we've never had uh, separate bank accounts that we like keep away from each other. Everything, for a very long time, we had one. Everything just went in that one. Uh, now we got multiple. And, but all of them are still ours. We, I, you know, I, I don't know how other couples do it because that also is not my business. But for me, it's like, if I ain't got it, he ain't got it. If he got it, I got it, right? Like, we in it together. So uh, our foundation is locked, and we build together. That's that's just what it is. Um, and don't matter how much we get, it's going to still be the same, you know? So the one, the one bank account, because that's an issue um, that a lot of people face. Mm-hmm. Um, that's never been an issue for you guys. No, but you got to understand, we were very young. Been together since we was 19. Uh, we that's had, all you know. That's all we knew. And listen, we had that one bank account, and we we overdrafted that thing together, okay? <laughs> we, had, we had no money for, you know, many times. And we would have to budget, you know, uh, and, and try to figure it out. And when we started making money, the only time, the, the very first time he had to get a separate bank account was for a job that required it. They were like, you got to have a bank account. And I was like, oh, you going to get a bank account? <laughs> <laughs> you just going to do that on me? <laughs> yeah. And, and they wouldn't give me one because my credit was too bad back then. Ooh. And so, he, and it was a joke. Then he's like, hey, you see that? I got the, yeah, I got that credit. I was like, you got a 640. Cut it out. <laughs> that, was, that was back then. Um, but even then, I knew what was in it. Even then, he gave me, the, you know, a bank card. Yeah. It was never... A question. Yeah. yeah, it won't. It, the two it, shall become one. Yeah, it, it was never that. You know, even though, you know, you have um, old school, you know, this is, I don't know if this, am I breaking the code? If I say this, the woman's code, you know, the women be like, hey, you make sure you always keep a little stash. You know, you ne- my granny used to tell, you know, a woman <laughs> should always have a little something. You know, she have a little something stashed away. But. Nah, I, respect. I mean, I got to ask yeah. about that before. I, I had a personal situation before years ago. And mm-hmm. It was like, you know, uh, I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. This is a married side of This is a married side of the stage. I ain't saying it was the bank account, but I'm just playing. Touche. <laughs> well played. Touche. But, Touché. you know, sometimes if you, if you don't build together, you yeah. don't think you deserve to have a bank account together. That's a fact. Let, one last question before we finish. This is important. So the vegan, what exactly should we not be eating? Like, what were you eating that was an issue? What's some of the things that we should definitely avoid? Because, you know, a lot of people say, like, even just because you're vegan doesn't necessarily mean that you're healthy, right? That's why Exactly. A lot of people, you can be prefer, a junk food vegan. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They, they prefer the word, like, plant-based, right? Mm-hmm. So 
um, for educational purposes, yeah, like what were some of the things that you were eating? And then what were some of the things that you changed to that that changed your life and your health? So um, this is uh, always kind of what takes people, throws them back. I wasn't a terrible eater, right? Uh, But I didn't eat to feel well. I ate to look a certain way, which is different. Ate to look? I ate to try to be thin. Oh, so you didn't eat eat a lot? Right. I didn't eat a lot, um, but I wasn't eating to... Nourish your body. Nourish my body. So I have not had red meat or pork since I was 15. Mm. I was only eating fish and chicken and turkey uh, and veggies. I'm allergic to dairy, right? Dairy almost killed me. Mm. So that's first and foremost, none of us should should be eating dairy. That's a fact. It is a fact. That's a fact. None of us. Um, For me, I'm also allergic to soy. In the beginning, I was eating it. But I kept like having like moments where I would feel weird. And I would get a headache that would start up. And I was like, what is happening? And I did an allergy panel and found out I was allergic to soy. Um, and also, we, if we listen to our body, when we eat something and our body tells us, it would tell us if it doesn't like it. Uh, so I would always tell people, you know, the, the, the main things, and a lot of people don't want to hear this, we really shouldn't be eating chicken. That's mm. a fact, too. We should not be eating chicken. That's a fact. Uh, the hormones, the... It's different. It's, it's, it's so not different. even the same chicken anymore. It is not. And a lot of people always be like, well, Tab, my grandma and my granddad, they lived to be, you know, yeah. 95. Yeah, they but they even. also knew the names of their animals that they ate. Yeah. They could, They also that, probably that slaughtered them is, themselves. That chicken does not taste the same. Yeah. Exactly. And so, uh, you know, I, I never tried to force veganism on anybody. It is how I live my life. I started it for health reasons, and now I do it for health, for the planet, for the animals. I do it. For all, that's why I don't wear I don't wear leather. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I feel that changed my life was me not eating uh, chicken and soy, and of course dairy, and it it definitely healed me. And then eating greens. So what did you start to eat? I eat a lot of live foods, like the greens, right? A lot of berries, antioxidants. Dark dark berries. Dark berries, blueberries, blackberries, um, even raspberries, right? Uh, but leafy greens, kale is a superfood. Mm-hmm. It is so healthy for us. Um, collards, and not the ones that you're going to soak in the pork. <laughs> no, in the not the <laughs> In the fat. Collard greens. <laughs> but you can eat the collards. You can still make them collard greens, but you can use some onion and some mushroom and some garlic to, you know, you know season them. But, um, and I juice a lot. What do you do for protein? Same thing a cow do for protein. Nothing? Eat plants. <laughs> so that's so the misconception is that vegans don't get protein. So I always tell people, well, a lot of people think they get a eat a steak for protein. And I said, Well, where do you think the cow got its protein? It didn't eat another cow. That's a great point. Eat chick chickpeas? I love chickpeas. So do I. Yep. Chickpeas is, is protein. Uh beans. Beans, nuts, lentils. What about carbs? Um, healthy carbs, you know. Like sweet potatoes? Sweet potatoes, um, like wild rice. But not Rice, not like not white mashed rice. potatoes and white rice. Now, listen, Tab gave up potatoes for Lent uh, mm. because I love them. My mama used to love them. Mm. And I'd be like, anybody who love them that much, I need to give them up for 40 days, you know. A few more weeks. Right. <laughs> and bread, okay? <laughs> um, but I do, I love sweet potatoes probably more than, you know, the average person. Uh, but every now and then I'll do like a white potato, you know, if I if I want like a baked potato. I like a um, like a Asian potato. They have like a sweet white potato. 
um, there's there's many healthy uh, options of carbs. There's like lentil and pea pastas that you can have. Uh, if you don't want to do like heavy starches, you can do like zucchini and make that into your noodles. Uh, a lot of squash, you can use as noodles. Spaghetti squash you've had. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you slice it up. and you I'm like make. almost vegan. The yeah. only thing that I, I can't... So I never ate pork my whole entire life. I stopped eating red meat when I was like 18. Mm-hmm. I stopped eating chicken six years ago. Uh-huh. And I've been in, I've been lactose intolerant my whole life, so I don't drink milk hardly ever. I'm allergic to any milk. ice cream and thing like that. The, <laughs> only, the only thing I need to give up is fish. Yeah. yeah fish is... I love fish so, Let me so tell you, this, this, is what I, this is my joke. I'd be like... Um, when I'm awake, I'm vegan. When I'm asleep, I'm pescatarian. <laughs> I be dreaming about eating fish. Okay, let me just tell you, I count crab legs in my sleep. But fish isn't good for you either, right? Well, you know, to me, because of how I live my life, and because that was all I was eating and I was sick, I would think that. Uh, some people won't agree with that. They'll think, oh, no, you can still eat fish as long as it's a lean fish or as long as it's a white fish. But, you know... Uh, shellfish, you know, it's high in cholesterol. Yeah, you know, it, it it's terrible for people who have like arthritis. Yeah. Or Sodium content. Oh, that's how my sister, now, now I remember. Yeah. That's how my sister originally because I'm I was been telling her for a long time I wanted to be a vegan, mm-hmm. and she sent me your page originally. Like, well, she makes recipes and do it. Like, yeah. follow her for the, to to know what you're doing as far as the vegan lifestyle is concerned. I just realized. Yeah. I just remembered that. Yeah. Um, Honey, I, this be trying to help you. I, I want to touch it. So, like, this is my final point because uh-huh. uh, um, thank you for your time you've been gracious with it but a lot of times people walk up to us and they talk about how this financial education that we have gotten has changed given has changed their lives how's that been for you as far as changing people from a healthy standpoint with the recipes like oh, what, what are some of the like the you know most rewarding stories that you've had they are all they they are the things that bless me to make me know like oh this is what God wanted me to do mm. um, when people say I was a diabetic and I started watching your videos and I eat what you eat for the last six months. I'm not diabetic anymore. I used to be on blood pressure medication. I'm not on blood pressure medication anymore. Um, I've lost 50 pounds, you know. I'm not even on anxiety medication anymore. You know, I used to have asthma. I didn't realize that I hadn't used my inhaler until I was moving. It was a a year and a half after being vegan. Mm -hmm. I I haven't used my inhaler now in almost six years. I, I, I don't have asthma anymore. Um, but people tell me those things and I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. you know, even with skin, people don't realize how much your, you, what you eat affects your skin. And that blesses me, you know, that people are changing their lives for the better. And I'll, I never take the credit for it. I consider myself a vessel, you know, and a messenger, but I'm just sharing my story and how it changed my life. And I'm grateful that people say, oh, well, let me try it for me. I, I, that's why I would never force what I do on anybody. I mm-hmm. just simply share and I try to root it in love and laughter. Um, but when people tell me that, of course, I have cried and hugged people and just been grateful uh, that God uses me in that capacity. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. We thank appreciate you. it. I know you got to get to your son's game. <laughs> But um, definitely uh, would love for you to come back at some point in time. And and I look forward to, you know, developing a strong relationship with you. We got a lot of different things that we do. So I'm sure we can potentially work together. And, uh, yeah, hope my sister is now happy that we got to get to done. And I'm going to become a vegan. I think my life is going to change. I got to have one more fish. I'm going to have like every fish. (laughs) 
every fish on yeah. the table. Listen, I have a friend who is vegan, you know, or plant-based uh, pretty much all the time, unless she travels. And when she travels, she's like, I got to try to fish in other countries. Uh, and so, you know. Maybe I'll do that. I think my, li- I think my life has been changed today. Okay. <laughs> Honey, if you're watching. Uh-oh. Somebody yeah. about to go vegan? 30 days. Let's just try it. Listen, oh, like I always tell people, you deserve to try something, whether it's veganism, whether it's a business venture, whatever the case is. Thirty days, you're worthy of thirty days. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna try it. Yeah, thirty days. Yeah. Oh, anything you want to make the public aware of? You got anything coming out? Website, Um, Instagram. You can just follow me on. I am Tabitha Brown everywhere. Yeah, so many, so many great things uh, happening, and I'm always posting about them. So there you have it, Troy. Housekeeping items. Shadi, I'm not going to do housekeeping items today. I'm going to end it with this. Have a good day. Oh. And even if you don't, don't go messing up anyone else's. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you Very good. It. My graduates from my school being Forbes. Bag drop. Bag drop. <laughs> a mic drop. Bag drop. Bag drop. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.